Informative. Educational. Insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We're broadcasting live from the Infinity Festival in Hollywood, and I'm Erin Riley, professor of the University of Texas at Austin and a strategic consultant for the Infinity Festival. Uh, We're bringing Silicon Valley innovators together with Hollywood storytelling professionals, and I have our first guest with us today, Jenna Seiden. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So, Jenna, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, I'm a recovering Hollywood talent agent that went tech, actually. Um, What I do right now is I am a consultant for a lot of uh, content creators in the interactive space, uh, primarily uh, studios that are creating more interactive six-stuff content uh, that are looking for ways to monetize, distribute, and basically be allowed to tell their stories and have someone else worry about all the technical uh, logistics of the business side of things. And I uh, work on the VR, AR side, and sometimes just translate between Hollywood and tech platforms because it's needed. <laughs> I love that um, saying you're a translator, which I think we need a lot of those, especially with this block we're talking about today, mm-hmm. which is immersive and mm-hmm. giving feedback to the next generation of immersive yes. developers and yes. storytellers. So in your own words, tell us, what is, what is, how do you define immersive? What is it? Well, I usually let that, you know, be defined by my partners. You know, my, my job is to just help them keep their voice and what their definition is. So, I mean, I've come from, I started off in sports and I went into uh, TV and film and digital. And I think all of it is to an extent immersive. When I work for the NBA, it's like when you're in the arena, how do you make that experience multisensory and immersive? So the NBA has one way of looking at interactivity. And today you're seeing them do so much with technology that's out there. And then I work with storytellers like Baobab and Felix and Paul. I mean, uh, Arvory, they do narrative storytelling. And so are they leveraging the technology of the audio, the visuals, um, location-based entertainment? What makes it immersive to them when they're telling their story? So I think it's just sort of a dial of how much you turn up or turn down uh, the environmental cues and the technology cues to make something immersive. Um, But for me... Um, I just want to escape in that content. Uh, that's really what it is for me as the, I'm a fan and mm-hmm. I do what I do because I'm a fan. I'm a much better coach than player. So I, I let them define it. And if they can get me to just feel entertained or learn something where the hardware's invisible, mm-hmm. I'm immersed. So I, I, th- I love how you say I'm a fan because mm-hmm. I feel like immersive is the key is the audience. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what, what is your favorite uh, project you've worked on that really defines immersive for you with the fan in the middle? It's, it's, it's ironic. I, I, I work in a world of storytellers, and I've been in video games for about 15 years, and I love games and immersive experiences with less story. <laughs> oh, wow. That's It's that's interesting <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a gamer. I like, right. I like leveling up. I, I need yeah. that motivation. You need the and that, state. I need that high. Um, I work with Beat Saber. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it is a pick-up-and-play experience, and you are just doing the simple mechanic of hitting blocks, right, of mm-hmm. music, based, uh, rhythm-based blocks. But to me, uh, the reason I like that, it's a wonderful um, sorbet to sort of cleanse your palate of everything else you know in immersive and all your you know, predispositions towards the headset and whatnot. And the moment you're in it, it's so intuitive that I'm in that world. And yes, they're using uh, well-known songs and also some very wonderfully composed original EDM music. But you're hearing the story of this, the lyrics and you're playing and you forgot you have a headset on. You forgot you're in there. And now I'm like... 
not even worried about trying the next thing. Um, and so from a game standpoint, my favorite immersive thing is Beat Saber. Uh, I'm biased as a fan, not because I work with them. Um, but I really do love uh, the storytelling from Arvory, um, from uh, Brazil. Um, they had a piece that just won the Venice Film Festival, one of the three top awards, Best Immersive. And it's a piece called The Line. And it's a love mm. story from Brazil in the 1940s. And it's, it's beautiful because it can take place anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you actually really leverage the square footage of your sort of 10 by 10 space. And you forget you've got a headset on and you're really watching this love story unfold. And you, you feel part of their universe and you, you don't want it to end. So I love these extremes that I work with from just the games being immersed. Because right. there is a story there. Um, it's not a tool for people to put their own songs in. These people created their version and with their art to do this kind of game and same thing with like an Arvory or Baobab or Felix and Paul or Penrose they're telling their story and if you can just walk away going I don't care what medium I saw that in I felt something it's great but uh, Arvory I'm really impressed with what I've seen out of them well, I love how you say uh, Beat Saber because I follow the collegiate and Beat Saber VR team, and it's it's the one, it's actually the one uh, game I play after work every day with the students. There's there's a lot to be said for getting your frustration out. Getting it out. There's a little fitness element to it. Yeah, um, I'm helping them manage their tournament and esports <laughs> stuff. They're not supposed to be playing. There's not supposed to be a tournament collegiate team, but we'll talk about that oh. later. <laughs> I just gave it away. You no, it's I'm okay. So no, they just want to make sure just some music rights and things it's that it's done well. It's probably super informal <laughs> going I, on. I'm teasing. It is fine. Yeah, we just don't want to be like, oh, suddenly it's at this big arena. We're like, what happened? You know? No, no, no. We'll definitely be giving you a call I'm, for that I'm one. not worried. I'm not worried. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a wonderful pick up and play experience. I mean, when you need to choose something to introduce this space to them. Right. A lot of people do the blue. A lot of people do... Right. Uh, X, Y, and Z, but Beat Saber really, all the stars aligned for them, which is nice. Right, and the and in the line, uh, mm -hmm. VR immersive, you still have a, a, a little bit of a passive experience, even though you're in the environment, it's more of a, it's a voyeur experience? No, you are actively participating and you're required mm -hmm. to bend down and, and look. It's sort of like a diorama, like you need to look into certain scenes, mm -hmm. and so you actually get down on the ground and, and look at things. You actually follow... Uh, the the protagonist uh, searching for the, his love interest, and you actually use um, you actually have to participate by blowing the the field uh, the 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 wheat in the field, and you get to see that move. So you're, you're very it's not a 360. It is not nor, it's not light. It's actually um, I mean you're not sweating, <laughs> but right, you right. actually have to move around. It's uh, to actually be part of the narrative. Your actions drive the narrative forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if you were to give uh, some advice to the next generation mm -hmm. who are studying immersive, what are some of the hard skills and soft skills they need to acquire mm -hmm. uh, while they're taking my classes? <laughs> Listen, anything Erin says, it's right. It's Pay attention. Exactly. Um, you know, it's there's a lot to be said for the hard skills of knowing how to code and being a shader mm -hmm. and, and those 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 invaluable but I think you need to balance that with understanding the business uh, a lot of people in the space are are artists and they're creating and it's an expression but they're not thinking about the channels where to tell that story whether they want it for brand awareness they want it for you know to put food on the table right. um, so I think it would be very important to really understand just standard business models and, and get some training on on that side and you can apply old school I hate saying old school but legacy business models of you know how the movie uh, systems work, um, how excuse me exhibitors work, um, how television works, license fees. It's just a new skin on on standard business models. So I think from that skill set, from the hard skill set, understanding 
contracts and channels. It's it's good. And then lastly, um, soft skills. Just you know, being uh, you know working as a team. Just team oh, dynamics. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> it's you can't work in a vacuum here. You really yeah. need to listen and, and digest other people's contributions. You may you not know, have to do it, but right. you know really understand because there's so much value to be gotten from from everyone on the project um, and just understanding how to work in a team. And then if your company's successful, now you've got to take on corporate responsibilities and all those things. So I think just team building skills and abilities to, you know, work together, collaborate socially and professionally is really important because this is a social medium. Yeah, I think immersive is very interdisciplinary and we're Mm -hmm. trying at University of Texas at Austin to bring a lot of the different colleges together so that each people, each person can really respect their contribution and their expertise and know how to work together. I I was a a TV agent um, and yes, I was doing the deals, but if I didn't understand I felt it was uh, doing a disservice that I didn't understand what a writer went through. So I taught myself how to write a half an hour script and a full hour script because I understood what they went through. And I felt I was much better understanding how what they went through to be able to go do that job. And so um, on their behalf, same thing in this space. I was a video game agent and now I'm working with immersive. I really try to understand as inarticulate as I may be at nine o'clock in the morning without coffee. Um, I really try to understand the differences between volumetric capture and modeling. I want to understand the differences in the pros and cons of unity versus unreal. Um, And I'm the business side. And I, I like to think I am a storyteller. I'm good with flow and, 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 you know, dialogue trees and things, but I know a little bit of a lot of things, but yet it's important, I think, that everyone sort of understands the role of the people who together will make that product what it's ultimately supposed to be. Right. Successful. We to, and whatever that metric is, whether it's my right. goal is to get this in a festival, my goal is to make a gazillion dollars, we're getting there. Um, <laughs> but really understand those beats and who you need together to get there. So. Right. And I also find that immersive is in many different industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, which industry do you think is the next that's really going to jump on the immersive bandwagon? As much as I love shooting zombies all day long, yeah. um, if education and enterprise don't you know, jump on this bandwagon, then, then I think we're in a little bit of a tough spot with the hardware, but I, I've seen it. Um, I've seen so much growth in education, and mm-hmm. we've seen the white papers being written as to um, how kids of all levels and university students are actually comprehension increases and memory and all these amazing things. Um, I've seen amazing training tools with credit card companies and forklift agencies and 311 services. It's You need all of that in that ecosystem to work together. So I think training to me and education, training specifically um, behind the scenes, not forward consumer facing, but the B2B training, um, right. bank tellers, firemen, all that stuff. And then education, like I just, I'm, I'm jealous of my nieces and nephews who probably get to grow up now with this technology right. and go, oh, I know what it was like to be and on have the battlefield. That are easy to use. Yeah, I've been to Egypt. I've seen the pyramids. I've walked up close and seen the hieroglyphics. Or oh yeah, oh they trained me how to do this in school because I put the headset on. Right. <laughs> this is before the chip gets implanted in your brain. But still, <laughs> until oh. then. <laughs> yeah, that's for the next podcast. It is <laughs> exactly. exactly. I don't know anything that's being worked. No, I'm kidding. They're not working on that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, speaking of uh, training, uh, we're hosting a Moody Meetup next week oh, on nice. using training and education. Um, amazing. And I'm curious because I'm always looking for new demos and oh. new examples to pull. Okay. Uh, which one are you, would you say you've got to look at this, Erin? That's a great question. There's not a lot of, it's interesting. 
I'd like to see more growth in the curriculum-based content. Yes. And right now, there's a lot of edutainment out mm-hmm. there. And so I think depending on what you want to use it for, I think there's a lot of good... Um, there's a lot of good stuff that needs curriculum to it. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to get back to you on that just because I, my head is so full with so many things. that we're, I'm actually working on the platform to deliver the content. So I actually have too much of a library in my head and don't want to confuse people because they would be very upset oh, we'll if I pitched the share, wrong thing. We'll have to share our demo libraries. Yeah. <laughs> no. Beca- and then I can help you distribute that as well. That um, sounds good. Yeah. No, I've seen so many sort of just more social uh, one-to-many um, sort of collaborative tools um, and... Um, Actually, some training things that I did see uh, that I really enjoyed was uh, university level um, training how to um, spray paint your car. I know, like, you know, those Makos in places, um, but instead of putting the car out there and wasting paint, it actually can, through VR, can actually see you spent too long on this space. And basically, it's great training for less than education, but more um, job training. So, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a list of all the random things and you can tell me uh, what you guys think. But I'd love to see your library. <laughs> oh, I, I will definitely share it with you. Oh, I thought of one. Okay. Do, do you know the Kramer Collection? No. Uh, the Kramer Collection is a collection of um, uh, mostly Flemish and art and Rembrandt. Okay. And you can go into the simulated museum and you can actually go up to and see and touch and feel basically that museums don't let you do. But you should see this virtual museum and they've taken this program that was meant for adults and turned it into something called Mighty Masters. And it's a kid's um, VR uh, tool to teach them about the masters in painting um, and our master artists. And so, yeah, the Mighty Masters. So I'll send you that oh, by, wow. by Moyosa Media in the Netherlands. It's amazing. So so they, they actually get to learn from the masters and try it out themselves? Yeah, they get to see what, you know, a blue boy looks like. They get to see, you know, these, these classic paintings from Rembrandt, from Van Gogh to Monet Manet. Um, whereas they, they made this initial museum for adults, but they just walked through and it was gorgeous. They're like, but we need to do this for, people need to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, so they aged it down and now it's a training tool with a curriculum for, uh, I believe it is, it's like, it's not K through 12. I think it's more middle school type of uh, kids and stuff, but it's, it's a wonderful program. So instead of my mom, who used to come to the elementary school and show us, she was the right, art show lady, the show the picture. <laughs> now this is a tool in VR so they can actually see the paint strokes and the brush strokes and uh, learn who Rembrandt was or X, Y, and Z. It's amazing. So see, I knew I'd come up with the one I liked the best. I know, right? <laughs> on the fly. I love it. Because um, we're live. So <laughs> good to think on your feet. I'm trying. Uh, so t- uh, tell me, do you, um, you uh, the examples you've been giving are, sounds like they're all in virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about augmented reality or the use of AI mm-hmm. or IoT? Mm-hmm. Um, do you find those are emerging tools as well that mm-hmm. are part of immersive? And Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I can only speak from mostly from a storytelling side at least more articulately but you know uh, I've seen I know of a lot of developers who are creating sort of AR based um, storybooks you know you open up the book and you know the characters pop out exactly have you seen Muir yes yes beautiful exactly Mm -hmm. exactly so you know from a storytelling standpoint when then you can take those characters away with you or help you you know so you're still you know in, in the real world but it's Augmented is what AR is. Um, so I'm seeing it used in that way. I'm seeing it used in education or museums um, mm-hmm. when you're going through a museum and you can actually, you know, use either AR kit, AR core, and seeing some of the assets there. I just came back from the, another summit in Vancouver and learned a lot about, um, you know, you know, using AI to, you know, recreate this room. And it, so 
I'm just excited about where that's going. Again, I spend most of my time shooting zombies. So, you know, um, that's, that's where I see it. But uh, I work with someone who's doing a wonderful uh, storybook uh, with major uh, AAA IP and just... You know, imagine seeing these characters sitting in the corner of your living room while you're, you know, reading your kids a book, you know, and mm-hmm. they come and perform while you're sitting here. It's just, it's amazing. So, yeah, so I do focus mostly on, on VR, but now with the headsets, you know, starting to think about that more than just a front-facing camera, just right. having that AR capability, I'm excited to see now how developers look at their assets, how they're capturing them, modeling them, and then how can they use them so you can take that experience away with you and carry it with you, not just in the headset, what happens when you're at location based in an arcade and... You just, you just want to create that immersive transmedia world, and AR helps you complement that by having those that capability to have it with you all the time. That's great. And um, are you speaking today here at the Infinity Festival? I am moderating a panel on location-based entertainment for virtual uh, content um, at 1050. I'm uh, very lucky to sit on uh, moderate a panel with Jake Zim from Sony, Jason Turner from VRC, Brad Scoggin from, he's the CEO of Springboard, which is a platform for content distribution in arcades. And lastly, um, Edouard de Montmort from Arvory came in all the way from Sao Paulo for this event. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Well, we're here with Jenna Seiden. Thank you so much. Live at the Infinity Festival talking about immersive and hopefully engaging the next generation of storytellers. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thanks, Jenna.